Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 183 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Try not to put that lift <laughs> at, the, at end. the end of the sentence. But then you, did, I, you, you did a good job, I think. Uh, okay, it was not <laughs> like it was too much on the low side. Is it? No. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. All right. How are you? What's happening? Well, I will tell you what happened to me this morning. Please. I had a like a regular dental cleaning this morning. So I go to the dentist's office and I'm sitting waiting to be called in. And the hygienist comes around the corner and you know and says, Oh, come on in. And she's like, I'm just gonna go put my, you know, whatever, like my gown and my hairnet and like all this stuff. She's like, I'm just gonna go put my stuff on, but like you can go ahead to the like to my room. And so I walked past her and then, and she gave me like a funny look when I walked past her. Uh-uh. And so, so I walked past her and she gave me this look. And so I turned. And so she, I think she said, Hey, and so I turned back. Cause I thought like, am I doing the wrong thing? Like you just said, go to the room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, this woman has been my hygienist for, I don't know five years, six years, like a while, long enough that we have a pretty good rapport. And, and so I turn around and she's like, where did the rest of you go? Oh, and I was like, oh, and so I like struck a pose and said, you know, back, you know, back to my pre pandemic body, you know? And and so then she said, how much you lose? (laughs) And like, it was really funny because she asked me, and so then right away I said, well, I said about 40 pounds, and and she was like, oh my goodness, she's like, I didn't know, and so I said, um, I said, I, you know, I put on 40 pounds throughout the pandemic and, and really like desperately needed to, to get rid of it again, and she was like, she's like, I didn't even notice, and so I said to her, I said, but when you like, you know, it, when it comes on slowly but surely you don't notice as as obviously yeah. right um but then when you you know when it comes off sort of in a hurry yeah so it doesn't feel like a hurry but you know I said then you know maybe it's a bigger bigger deal she's like oh my goodness she's like I just you just she's like you need a new jacket she's like you're swimming in this one and like and that was true and so I was like oh well thank you so much and, and like and so I was so first of all I, I really, I don't mind at all when people comment on my weight loss. I think, yeah. I, I, I think it's a, I don't know if it's a kind thing, but it feels like a kind thing to me. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me at all. I think another, like a, a previous version of myself would have been horrified at the question, how much? You know, like I just, I feel like that's an invasive question, but I will tell you, I did not feel that this morning. Like Good. she just asked me how much and I was like 40 pounds. Like it was, it was like, it was nothing. Like it was just, it yeah. wasn't until later that I was like, I would never ask someone yeah. how much weight they had lost. Like I would never if someone offered that information to me, totally fine. Mm-hmm. I might even offer that information about myself to someone else, but I would never ask for it. And but so, why? But why would you not? If you commented it on them for their look, then not ask that. I don't. I just feel like it's very 
I feel like it's invasive. I feel like it's, mm. it's too, I don't know, like, but, but I'm telling you, Sandy, I didn't feel that way this morning. Like it wasn't until mm. later that I thought, what a strange thing. Like, I really thought what a strange thing to ask a person, but also in the moment, I didn't feel that way. Hmm. It wasn't until later that I thought that, but I think, I think because I always sort of thought, I don't know, because your weight is so tends to be a, a personal, a private, uh, you know, it's one of those things that like people don't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But this is different because she didn't ask you, how much do you weigh? No, no. She asked, but you know what? Had off. she asked me that, I would have told her too without even skipping a beat. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I have asked people how much weight they've lost. Okay. If I've made the, if the, if I've made, if, if the, if I have made the comment to them or been in the company of somebody else, or mm -hmm. if they've told me that they've lost weight, if they've told me they've lost weight, I might not ask them, depending on who it is. There's certain yeah. people. Yeah, and I think that's some of it too. Like it totally depends on the who it is and the context. But like this was my dental hygienist in the middle of the like front yeah. office of the dentist's. Now there were only three of us in the room. It wasn't yeah. like it was in you know in front of a, a you know the the adoring public or anything. Yeah. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't on the middle of the TTC train. I was not. I was not. During rush but, hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it was just, yeah, it was just such a funny thing. In the moment, it was such a nice thing to have happened. And then later when I was thinking about it, I was like, what a strange situation. And, but also like, I feel like it's really, like I had a moment where I thought it's, I'm surprised at myself that I didn't feel that it was strange or invasive or embarrassing in the moment. Well, clearly you didn't. You struck a pose for crying out loud. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You you know it. <laughs> and if you had thought that you would have been like trying to, even if you were fully covered, cover more of yourself. For you sure. Know? For sure. For and sure. So the fact that you were like, look at me now. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was very pleased with the whole situation. <laughs> Funny how how things shift. So I, I don't know. I think it's a combination of things, right? You become more comfortable with who you are, mm -hmm. more in tune with realizing that your weight isn't about, isn't the only thing about you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when we're, there are times in our life that a lot of us feel that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, interesting. Really, yeah, it was really, well, for it you, was that's really interesting. Fun. Yeah. And, and, but that's the thing. Everyone is different because some people are, would just be mortified by that situation. But I think it's, there's no right or wrong. I think it's however yeah. it makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I know at points in my life, I would have been mortified. Yeah. At that interaction but I was not today I will tell you so good I mean for me it's like the scale like there's times in my life where that mentally did something now I I do see it and I think oh man you know like Ugh. but it doesn't it, it doesn't affect what I eat during the day so I still I mean it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make me either 
take uh, start thinking I need to eat less mm-hmm. or screw it. I'm just going to have whatever I want. So mm-hmm. it doesn't do that, which there were points in my life that it did. Right. And so now that doesn't happen. But life is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I. OK, so I had said to you recently like were you the person who told me to read this book and you were like I don't know I don't think so but maybe but I I don't know if it is because it's in my it's it literally I have it and I I just got a copy of it and I'm waiting for the audio copy of it Uh, so I don't yeah I don't know anyways the book is called The Shame Machine and the author is Kathy O'Neill and she is a like data specialist, like a mathematician and a data specialist. So she focuses on statistics, really. Like that's her real like uh, area of expertise, I guess. But she's written this book about shame. And I don't know where I came across the book. If, If it wasn't you who mentioned it to me, I don't know who mentioned it because I didn't, I know for sure that I requested it from the library because at some point I heard about it from somewhere. But I mean, did I hear it from you? Did I hear it from someone in the WW community? Did I hear about it on a podcast? I I don't remember. What is the person's name? Kathy O'Neill. I have a feeling she was on Dax. But anyways, go ahead. Oh, I wonder... And you would have heard, you her. might have heard her speak, and then you might have said something to me. Yeah, only because when you said about the statistics, and that's like a ding, ding, ding for me. Okay, ding, okay, ding. okay. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so I read the book. I'm excited for you to read it just to see, like, to see what you think, obviously. Bingo. Oh, yeah. it, it was, she was on a podcast. Yeah. The shame machine who profits in the new age of, of who profits in the new age of humiliation. Okay. That the whole title is perfect. Right. Yes. Okay. Whew, so that's done. The book was very interesting. The first part was compelling the the final two chapters like the the last chapter and the conclusion were compelling the middle part was sort of like nothing that nothing groundbreaking but you know like it was all fine here too but but the book ends of the book <laughs> like the beginning and the ending yeah. were really fantastic i think um so she talks about like what shame is and then she says like right at the very beginning she said you know this is not a self-help book that is trying to you know give you strategies for moving through your own shame this is not like this that's not what this book is Mm -hmm. what it is is this the subtitle of the book right it's this idea that you know our society the idea is let me start over again the idea is that companies and organizations use the idea of shame to profit or to keep people Mm. from profiting like one or the other you know and so it's really it's that piece of it which is Mm -hmm. looking at the idea of shame from a completely different angle yeah 
but in the beginning in particular she she breaks down what shame is and and like and it was interesting too because she even said you know that that shame to a certain extent can be used in a positive way because she said really the primary purpose of shame is conformity so the reason okay. we the reason we might want mm-hmm. someone to feel shame is because we want them to be the same or do the same yeah. or talk the same or whatever you know and so so she said in some instances this can be used in a positive and productive way um you know be, and and so she gave because re- the book is is new and so she gave even like pandemic related responses or examples and so one of the things she said was you know with uh, with mask wearing yeah you know that people people felt like they felt compelled to wear masks in public places because if they didn't they mm-hmm. might feel uncomfortable because other people would be giving them dirty looks or saying something to them or you know and so she said this is this is a way where when conformity is is what is best for everyone yeah this is a way that we can use this this emotion in a positive in a positive way which i thought was super interesting well what because when you said it can be used in a in a positive way i was like thinking how how is feeling shamed mm. that feeling how how is that positive but right when you said the pen i knew exactly what you were going to say yeah. and about masks and i thought okay uh, that that I buy. Okay. Right. I buy that. Yes. So, and so she says shame is administered by the collective. The goal of shame is to get people within a society to, to want to do what is best for the people, for the, for the greater group. Right. And it's this, it's the, she said, shame comes from when your expectations of yourself differ from the expectations of the group. And so she said, if you feel, so if the group or the society or the the organization or the family or like whatever the group is, if the group has expectations and you feel like you are failing to meet those expectations, that's when you feel shame. Mm shame she says at least at first it happens within relationship to others and that's why because you believe that other people have an expectation of you and if you don't meet that expectation then you feel shame and she said eventually that can like it can come from within as well that it's it's your own expectation of yourself and your own inability to meet your own expectation. And that's like a complete shame process just in, in and of yourself. But she said it starts with another person or another group or this or a society or whatever. She said, because that's really where shame comes from. She had a lot of different things and examples that were vastly different to, to talk about this, which was interesting, but Towards the end of the book, she talks specifically about weight-related shame, and she had anecdotal 
pieces of the book as well because she is a she is a person who has overweight and has uh you know struggled with shame related to her weight as well so that piece was particularly intriguing for me uh but it was just really interesting to to hear about like to hear shame explained this way because although you you know it because you know the feeling and you know the moments when you feel it mm-hmm. i hadn't necessarily heard it explained like you know methodologically this is what's happening and this is why you're feeling that way you know like this is this is where mm. the disconnect is and then she goes on to talk about the shame machine, like the, and she calls it the shame industrial complex. And this yeah. is what a lot of the book is about how organizations and companies and industry benefit from our shame. Yeah. And so she said the shame industrial complex is, you know, uh, these, this idea of looking at other people and saying, okay, what do these people hate about themselves? Mm-hmm. And to what end will they go? to hate themselves a little less. Yes. And yeah. that's where the, 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 the profit comes in, you know, the, the mm-hmm. industry comes in to, you know, capitalizing on people's shame. Well, you know, I get that. I mm-hmm. get that, but I've never thought of it like that. Right. But it, it, it's, it's what are their vulnerabilities? Yeah. Because there's money to be made. Correct. There. Correct. Correct. We're duped everywhere. I I knew I knew it was this was going to be up your alley because you you love the the cynical part of you loves <laughs> to read and learn more about how we are in fact being duped at every turn. <laughs> we're just we're taking the bait everywhere. I know. I know. I know. We're like guppies, eh? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> this is a wait. What else? What else? What else? Yeah, for sure. For oh sure. It was, man. Yeah. It. It. Uh, I was thinking about. I've been thinking about the book for a little while because I finished it a you know about a week ago. So I've been thinking about it for a little while. But then, after having this experience at the dental office this morning, I felt zero shame in that entire interaction. Yeah. But I know that years ago I would have been like I would have felt ashamed and and so I was thinking about this book like in in that idea too and and you even said you know like at specific times in your life meant in in your life you mm-hmm. know you have felt that or not felt that but also for most people I think there might be times when you feel like something would have you you might have felt ashamed about something at some point and then at another point maybe not or or maybe that it continues right well for sure or you get past you've managed to put it somewhere else it's like being bullied about something or picked on about something mm-hmm. right as a child and then as an adult somebody makes a comment about the same thing mm-hmm. in passing and it's you're immediately transformed back to yes. Yes. that child and how that feeling was ever really completely, yes. I don't think lose that, you know? Yeah. Well, was... you, you do, you're, you, you know, this kind of stuff like rots my crotch. Like it really does I to know. be like, 
people are just out there like you know and we just keep falling into it and that really annoys me to know well and 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 that's really what it's all about right if you think about shame as being the feeling you experience when you feel that you are not meeting someone else's expectation yeah less than mm -hmm. right yeah I mean that's that's exactly what it is and so you know it's it's about who what are these expectations who's setting these expectations mm-hmm. and then maybe the solution and she gives zero solutions like this is not a solution book this is right. just a, this is, this is what it's it factual is. yeah yeah, yeah. which yeah. i really i i appreciate that too like as as much yes. as i like sometimes a self-helpy solution focused book i tend to prefer give me the facts give me the yeah. facts and then let me figure out what works for me you know yeah. But I wonder if, if part of the solution is to consider, you know, how do we choose which societal expectations we believe we should be Mm -hmm. meeting? And here's the thing. The self-help books are part of the machine, honey. They are. (laughs) They are indeed. Because Because if you take them and... What, take, what, what yes. do people hate about themselves and to what extent will they go to hate themselves a little less? Will they but, buy this self-help book? And if they buy it and they do what people are suggesting they do and it doesn't work for them, they will buy another. And it will just make them feel worse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. no more self-help books. <laughs> the thing about self-help books. Thank you. Is, the thing about self-help books that is fascinating to me is that the statistically the major the largest demographic of people who read self-help books are white women. Huh. And the vast majority of self-help books are written by white men. <laughs> and that is that is a you you can you can I cannot tell you exactly where that statistic comes from, but I know that I have heard it on, I'm going to say at least a dozen different occasions that I am 100% certain that is accurate information that I'm giving to you. So quote me on that. It's, it's, it's all ugly. It's all yucky. It's it's all ugly. I'm, I'm really excited for you to get your hands on the book and and see what you think. I know. I'm just, I cannot motivate myself to like sit down and read. I don't know what my, what my problem is. I, because maybe there's an expectation out there that I should be because I have so much time on my hands and now I'm just feeling so much shame about it that but, I just can't. <laughs> but you don't actually have that much time on your hands. Oh, a social yeah. butterfly. Well, not, not I mean, she's, it, it she's like, ebbs, well, and this, wave, ebbs and waves. This really. week I'm going for coffee on this day and then I'm going for uh. this luncheon on this day and then I'm going out for dinner on this day and then, uh, and, and then I'm meeting with this person and then you know the person I met last week, I'm meeting them again with this, but this time they're bringing these people and I'm like, I can't even keep track. But then I also have days like yesterday when I got home. What did I do yesterday? Yesterday, oh, I had my therapist yesterday. I went to the grocery store. Had my therapist. Came home. Then I had my lunch, and then uh, I spent an awful lot of time looking at things on the internet. And then I went in and I turned TV on. And you know what I watched on YouTube? Doctor <laughs> Phil. Doctor Phil. Eleven year about the eleven year old that was pregnant by the thirteen year old. 
So I watched, <laughs> I watched that, and then that was over, and then another one came on, and then I think I had a nap in between. So clearly, Henny, clearly, there's there's pockets of opportunity <laughs> for, me, <laughs> for me to do something else. Clearly, but sometimes you just gotta watch some Doctor Phil. I have, you know, it was. I just thought you are like Maury Povich. You've turned into Maury Povich. What happened? Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, yeah. And I was like looking at him, like I don't even like your voice. I don't like the way that you present yourself. There's way too many commercials. There's not. I feel yeah. like I feel like shows like that are part of the shame industrial complex too, <laughs> yeah. because it's all about making you feel like you're better than those on the show. Ah. Uh. Right. Well, and that's a piece of it, too. Well, you know what? Yeah, because it was about like shaming the parents who's they're blaming each other, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. You can't trust anything. You just can't. No. <laughs> you can't. Except me. <laughs> I, I, that <laughs> is true. Me. That is true. That's true. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, it's like it is. It's sitting in here. Um, yeah, well, waiting yeah, for me, and I should just, I should just start because I'm still on Lost and Found. I have 11 days. Oh, I've only got, I've only read 11, percent and then yeah, I have 15 days for the Shame Machine. I, I don't blame you though. I do find that it is hard. It's hard for me to find the time and like the attention to and the energy to sit and read like a a textbook yeah so i do from time to time but that's not the that's not the necessarily the norm for me yeah i did just finish listening to the audiobook an audiobook though okay Um, see you're still reading yeah, 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 yeah. You're just was, reading with your ears instead of your eyes. Yeah, it was the "I'm glad my mom died." Oh yeah, by Jeanette McCurdy. Yeah. What are you listening to now? I, no, I, you know, different podcasts. So now I've been in Dear Therapist. Okay. It's it's Lori Gottlieb. Oh, you know? I really like her. And his name is Guy something. He's a Brit. Guy Winch. Oh. Lori Gottlieb, maybe, yes. Uh, and so people write in with things. Oh. It's interesting to me. Maybe maybe this is all feeding into the shame thing, too, because you listen. I'm like, why would you stay in a marriage like that? Oh. Why did you marry that person when they're already talking? <laughs> but I do find, Phil's like, why are you listening to that? Because then I start asking him stuff. Do you think that we, he's like, where is this coming from? <laughs> You're like, it's coming from my podcast. Oh, I'm listening to this podcast, but he's like, oh my God, Sandy, seriously. <laughs> I don't remember. I asked him something. I was like, well, we've been married almost 25 years, and you're asking me now? <laughs> but sometimes, well, I think, sometimes I it's like, do I ask it before? <laughs> but do I really want to know the, like, would I even want you to be, to give me an honest answer? Mm. You know, you, you know, like, yeah. so That's then, it. so sometimes those questions just, not, they were just in my head. They never come out of my mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're not keeping me awake at night, but you know, they're just, they're just kind of 
there's kind of stuff that just kind of goes around in my head sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, speaking of podcasts, why don't you tell me a little bit about the podcast episode that you were listening to that you sent to me to listen to as well? Yeah. So the one that I had sent to you, um, to listen, it was, um, we can do hard things. Um, with uh, Glennon and sister and uh, Abby. Mm-hmm. And the episode was uh, titled Help, How to Ask for the Help You Need. And so it had, I, I mean, I go through, you know, fits and farts of listening to to them on a regular basis and mm-hmm. as I skip things. But then I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. So I listened to it and then I automatically sent it to you and said, hmm, I think this is a good listen. But it was, it was they talked about each of themselves individually, but just in general about why, like why do people have a hard time asking for help? Is asking for help, how does, does it make you feel, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. But also is it, it, they really felt it was, ge- there's some gender basing around that, mm-hmm. where, you know, for them, they will never, they don't want a man to help mm. that do things. Mm. But as I listened to, to some of the examples of yeah. situations with help, I was just like, oh my God, that's a hundred percent me. That's a hundred percent me. That's a hundred percent me. <laughs> you know, it's like asking for directions. Uh, you go here and then you head south, whatever. Do Clearly do, I mean, I think Glenn was like, do I look like a GPS? <laughs> If I'm asking for directions, I do not know north and south. Yeah. <laughs> and then Abby immediately is like, well, it's probably because it was down by the, the water and whatever. And she says, still, <laughs> I don't understand. And then sister's like, no, I can only take two directions at a time. So if it's like you go up here and then make a, the first left and then, the, the, and then the next, <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, and I, that's exactly how I am. I'm like, no, 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 no. When I get out of the parking garage, which way do I turn? (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to tell me. (laughs) Because that's all I've got the mental space for right now. Yeah, is, oh, at the Costco, I can, I know where that is. (laughs) Like, you can tell me. So, give me uh, commercial landmarks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all over it. Uh, but I did think it was it was interesting, just the concept of about giving help to other people, how it makes you feel better, but the person who is on the receiving end, how it makes them feel. But it was really more about how you how it makes you feel, about when asking for help, not to be uh, generalized about it. Also, like, generalized as far as, oh, when you have some time, I'd like to pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You know? It's like, no, what do you want? Like, what yeah. is it you want to ask me? Like, yeah. just be very specific about it. Because otherwise, I feel like you don't really want my opinion. You're just, you're searching. So I don't know if my opinion is really value a value to you. Mm-hmm. Or you're just kind of hoping that maybe I might 
out of the blue know what exactly you're looking for and we'll be able to give you that then talked about not tying something to it mm -hmm. so if you could do this for me i'll do this for you which devalues what you're asking of me yes because you feel like it's a trade-off yeah of something yeah rather than really feeling like what i have to offer is that i would want to give it to you or yeah. want to help you yeah and it did make me think about even asking things i i have a really hard time asking things i have a really hard time asking friends for things mm -hmm. that's what i really have and it made me think about um even the way that i offer help because mm -hmm. uh, you often offer help you meaning a lot of people in general yeah. not you you yeah, yeah but offer help in a way where it's if there's anything i can do let me know right, right. and I do, I, ha I had started trying to be more aware of that mm. in a context if people are um, uh, grieving, if people mm. have something that is really um, serious, I, I don't know what else, the other word to yeah. to So because I, reading um, Sheryl Sandberg's book. That's right option B was like, when people offer that, you don't even know, you don't, you don't, you're in a place where you, now you've given, you've thrown the ball in their court and now, now they already, you want to help, but you're not really helping because you're just giving them more things to think about. They have to yeah. figure it out mm -hmm. rather than just saying, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to drop off a couple of days of meals for you. Right. Or I am ordering dinner for you tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so, but I, but there are, sometimes I just don't know what to offer. Yeah. Now, what I have gotten better at is when people, if they're coming over for a dinner or whatever, if they say, what can I bring? Uh, I now will be specific. Right. Because otherwise they're going to bring something. Mm-hmm. And if I use no. If you say nothing, they're going to come with something in hand anyway. And I've been more assertive on the other end when I offer and people say, oh, no, don't bring anything. And I say, listen, I'm going to bring something. So what could I bring? And then I give a couple of suggestions, oh, generally of the idea. things that I want to bring. Could I bring um, a starter, blah, 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 or can I bring dessert? Or mm -hmm. I will just say, I'm going to bring dessert. That's good. You know, and, and, then, and then that's it. Then they know also, because there's also, you don't like to bring something somewhere and then you see they have five desserts and you've just brought another one. Well, and so this is what I do when I'm going to someone, like if I'm going somewhere and I say, what can I bring? And they say nothing. Then I either will bring a bottle of wine. If I know that, like if I know them well enough to know that that's what they'd appreciate or I bring flowers. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that's something it's not you don't you won't run into the issue of five people brought dessert and here's another dessert yeah 
you know, or even other stuff like, you know, yes. if you have all the food, you know, you don't need more food mm-hmm. uh, unless it's something that I'm bringing for myself, like food wise yes. that I'm bringing for myself. Yeah. But uh, I've found that, yeah, I found that going the, going the flower route has worked for me in the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then depending on who it is and if I've been there before, then I will actually just say, "Okay, I, I'm going to bring this." Yeah. Yeah. And and so then they know exactly what I'm bringing and, you know, or I'm going to bring a salad, which one would you prefer? I was going to I was thinking this or this. I mean, Paulina got to the point where I was like, "Okay, what can I bring?" And she'd be like, "You bring the potato salad because they loved my potato salad." You know. Perfect. 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 That's what I'll bring. You know, <laughs> I love that. But it it did make me. I I I did think. Uh, I was like, oh, this. You can. I mean, we need help in in a, at some point in all aspects of our life, and you know, mm-hmm. and help as far as even becoming healthier. It's you also need to know. Asking for help is it, it can be. There are situations, depending on what it is, where you just feel, you can feel shame around it because it's something, it's something you feel shame, ashamed of. And so then you don't want to verbalize it. I, this is, I know for me, like mm-hmm. to have to say it out loud. Now I have to say something mm-hmm. uh, about it. And I mean, there are things even with you and I that, I mean, we never really asked each other about weight for a long time. Yeah. And even now it's not, it isn't, it's, I mean, we do, and you, yeah. you're forthright about things. I am, I'm not super forthright about it, but it's, sometimes you feel, I don't know, I feel like if I say, it's like whiny, you know, mm. it's, in, I don't know if it's indirectly asking for help or if it's not, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, saying it out loud. Does that, that doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah. I can think I mean, of it. I think sometimes with the asking for help is, you know, sometimes you're asking directly for something and sometimes you're not asking for help because you're just sort of talking, but mm. maybe there is an ask in there somewhere, but you maybe haven't figured out what it is and maybe the other person realizes what it is or not. Yeah. You know, but I think sometimes when you're just talking through things, Sometimes the help is just that you need someone to listen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I just need you to, I just need you to hear me out while I'm talking about this and Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That's the help I needed. Thank you so much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's also that, uh, I, you know, I can think of, and if I think about you specifically for myself, Mm -hmm. that I really don't like to ask you for something because I know how busy you are. And so there is the danger of, of that also, because I, I also know that you will do it and gladly do it. But I, but then the other part of me is like, I also don't want to add anything else to your plate. Mm -hmm. So it's, but if you take what Glennon and, and uh, Amanda and Abby were talking about, if you take that to heart, really, it's not up to you to yes. decide for me. Yeah. You know, like if it's something that you need help with, then 
you know, you should feel comfortable enough to ask for that help, right? Yeah. And and if it's not something that I can offer you, then it's on me to say, yeah, can I do something different? Can it be at a different time? Can mm-hmm. I do this instead? Is there someone else that could help? Or, you know, or yes, no problem. Let me make that work. Or, you know, it's, it's on me, right? Yeah. As opposed to, but I, I mean, I say that to you because logically that's what makes sense, but I know yeah. that, that it feels very different in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have had you do things for me. You have. Yeah, I have. Which is good. I'm I'm glad yeah. about it. But sometimes it gets to the point where it's just like, I, I get to the point where I, I don't really have a lot of other options. And so, like, at that moment that I, do, yeah. I could just, and so I know that you'll do it. And you, and it's, it that's the, and I don't, I'm not saying this now, as I say it, it sounds like it's, like it's really shitty that I, that I ask you. But it's <laughs> no, not. It's not. <laughs> but it's not. Um where I overcome all of the things that keep me from asking you become smaller than my need to have the thing done. That would be better. That's better. Right. But I think that's good. I think that's a healthy way of approaching needing help because Mm -hmm. I was thinking, because the thing that was the most interesting to me about these three women talking about asking for help was that each of them had such a different hang up when it came to asking for help, you know? And I think that, you know, one of the difficulties that I think some people have with asking for help is that they ask for help with everything the moment they like the moment that it's it comes to them that they have to do it or the moment that they realize oh I'm not sure how to do this like you know and so sometimes we're I think sometimes people can be too quick to ask for help that if you just took 30 seconds you might have been able to figure it out yourself (laughs) yourself you know and Mm -hmm. so I think that's something that you do very cautiously and maybe over cautiously but Mm -hmm. I think it's something you do very cautiously that you think okay so this is what I need I can't do this myself you know how how could I make this the easiest possible for someone to help me with Mm. Can I ask to do this? Mm-hmm. What flexibility do I have within, you know, mm-hmm. how or who or where or when? And then if I can't make it work, you know, who can I rely on to help me in a pinch no matter what? Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but you don't go to that 100% reliable first. No, no, you're, no, I, I personally, I don't, they, I will, like, those are the kind of things that, like, when I'm doing a plank, or something to keep my mind off, you know, when I'm working out, like, literally, those are the things that I'm thinking about, like, okay, what has to be done today, and I need to do this, and I need to go to the grocery store, and I need to, and so I'm thinking about, like, timelines, and what I, like, and I've gotten better at, like, okay, this isn't going to happen, and something needs to be let go, I need to let go of something. Yes. If, if I, if it has to be done, then yeah, then you have to ask somebody, you know, then I'll ask somebody for it. But other times, no, I think that the, the challenge for some, for some are that they, there's, they're either that person or someone in their life that is always asking for the help. And then there's someone who's always willing to give it. And so then you become like this, it's a unhealthy relationship. And I can say that I recognize that with my mom, 
right. is always fixing things or taking, I'll take care of it. But then she never learns to do it herself. And then it gets to a point where I can't, and then I'm frustrated because she can't do it. And, and it's not hundred percent her fault. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard for the person that doesn't know what to do because they've never had to do it. And now you're getting frustrated because they can't do it. And you're really frustrated at yourself is really what it is, right? I'm just thinking about these, the the three different hangups with with asking for help. Yeah. It was so funny when, um, when Amanda was talking about her, like watching her daughter. And she was yeah. like telling this story of like watching her daughter, like struggle with this like task that you know puzzle or whatever it was she was trying to do struggling with it struggling with it struggling with it struggling with it and then finally was like mad about it and said to like to her mom like I need help but I don't want help yes <laughs> and like and so then Amanda said like I see that like I, I watched that happen and thought oh my goodness that's me yeah you know I yeah. recognize that I need the help I just don't want to ask for the help. Yeah. It's not that you Which, don't want the help. You don't want to ask for the help. That's right. That yeah. was the, that was the trick. Right. Yeah. But she was, but that's what she said. Like, that's exactly, you're right. She was happy. Like she said, I'm happy to get the help. I just don't want to have to ask for it. Yeah. And that was interesting. That is not me. And then. Glennon was saying like which is more in line with you that it was like there's some things like I have no problem asking for help and then other things she's like I just can't do it yeah and she was talking about a lot of the things that you've already said you know that feeling like I'm putting someone else out and so I don't want to ask them because I feel bad about it or I want to make sure that you know that I'm that I, I want to help or I need help, but I don't know what exactly the help is that I need or, you know, like all of these sorts of things, right? Which also wasn't exactly me either. Mm -hmm. And and so I was like, oh yeah, like, like it's all interesting and it's all a little bit of you, you know, but yeah. it wasn't exactly me. And then Abby talked and I was like, oh, <laughs> you found me. <laughs> <laughs> so Abby was saying, she's like, so she was talking about that her biggest thing with asking for help is that she never wants to ask for help because she doesn't want the help. Because if she needs help, then she's failed at something that she should have been able to do. Yeah. And so... If it's something that she can't do, she just removes herself from it so that she can't fail. But then she also yeah. now has to ask for help. Yeah. And I was, e but you never learn either. That's Correct. the thing. Yeah. 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 Correct. But yeah. that, but that one is me. That yeah. one is me because there is, and you know, tying it back to the the conversation about shame. Yeah. For me, that's that's what it is. I I don't like to ask for help because I don't want help because if I need help from someone, that means that I failed to do something that I that I have decided, like yes. I've set the expectation that I should have been able to do this. And if I 
couldn't or if I can't mm-hmm. and someone has to help me, then I'm a failure and then I feel shame about that. Yeah. But I think you also have some some of um you don't want to ask people that maybe could help you because you also feel that they already have enough things to do. And for so sure. you don't want to oh, give them any of that. Abso- so. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. There, that is, that's a big, that's a big piece of it too, depending on what the type of thing is. Right. Yeah. Like I, I very similar to you. I don't want to put other people out. I don't want other people to go out of their way for me. I know that other people have busy lives and have lots of commitments and, you know, and I know what it feels like to have a lot of things to do and to not necessarily need one more thing on my plate. So I don't want to be burdening other people for sure. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, is that there, there's also knowing who the person is is offering to help and whether or not they're just saying it mm-hmm. or do they genuinely mean it. That hit me also because, because at this time in my life, I do have time to help, you know, some people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's I find it the struggle is not wanting to be too much where now I feel might give the impression that I'm being too bossy about it or mm-hmm. too invasive, mm-hmm. overstepping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously what that, what this all is, is overthinking. Well, and, but I think that's key. And this came up in the podcast episode too, but I think that's the key, right? That as the person who genuinely would like to help people out, especially the people that, that are close to you, the people that you love, like, you know, it, it makes us feel so good to be able to help someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are all these hangups with, with offering the help because you don't want to overset boundaries. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to make someone feel like they're not enough because you have yes. to come in and help them. Like, you know, like what, like there are so many things about like that make offering help tricky. And so the real crux of the problem is that when you need help, you just need to ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if everyone asked for the help that they needed, then you wouldn't have to be worried about, well, if I offer this kind of help, what's that going to, you know, are they going to take mm-hmm. that well? If I offer this, you know, it's all easier said than done. Yeah. How did they phrase it, Abby and Amanda, not Abby, sorry, uh, Glennon and Amanda, about asking people for something and then giving them the option, like, if you can, or, and it wasn't if you can't, but, Whatever answer is fine. Mm. But I forget what exactly they said. It was yeah, it was really nice. It lets people know that I'm not going to be annoyed or mad or disappointed or pissy or hold it against you mm-hmm. if you say no to me. Like yeah. I'm I'm actually happy if you can say no. It was the 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 tone of it was is that yeah. I actually think you're more of a badass if you can say no. Yes. And stand up for yourself. Yeah. And your limits are already, you know, peaked out. Like yeah. that you just don't have the space to do that. Yeah. Um, because so few people will, they'll just say yes, right? Or ignore you. Yeah. 
It would be, I'm much better at things. I know my limits about certain things. Like I laughed when Glennon's like, like Abby, when, we, when you're driving and you give me your phone with, and you're like, I'm trying to like use my fingers. I, okay. I started laughing because that is a hundred percent me. I have no idea what, why are you giving me this phone and now asking me to read the map? I, I don't know. I don't I even know what direction the arrow was pointing in. And then. Yeah, to help you with this. You have to walk so far before then the arrow changes. I'm literally looking to see did the time go down or did it just increase? <laughs> I don't understand what is happening. Oh, Sandy. No, I don't. I have to be like, okay, what's on the corner? Oh, yeah, I remember where that is. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. It's like I can take people in a car to get them somewhere. I can't tell you what the name of the streets are. Yeah. I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a com that's a common thing. That's like beyond my. I don't have room here, in my head. For that information. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the room, and I don't want to make the room. Well, there's also that because then you get to a point, and you're just like, you know what? I don't. I, I I have no desire to to learn that because I can. I've found ways to manage without it, and I know the people I can ask for the help that I need. Yeah. So I don't need to be an expert on everything, no. but I do, but as long as I know the people like where to get the help that I need. Mm -hmm. And I think Amanda, like they gave each other at the end was like, that. what was one thing that, that they would, that they thought would help them out. Um, and asking for help and would make their life like easier or take some pressure off. And Amanda was like having someone to help with things around the house. So, and she said, because we're always operating at like 9.5 and then one little thing puts us to a 12. Mm -hmm. So you're already at like crisis, almost at crisis, you know, like at your, yeah. almost at like that's, yeah, that's your daily life. Your daily yeah. living is, is all you can manage. Yeah. Because you haven't built anything in, you know, and now just saying that it was like, I remember, you know, um, speaking with, you know, people who worked under me in uh, managing departments and managing people is like coming in every day and expecting at least one or two things to kind of go awry, not right. over, because then if you, if something goes wrong, your whole, you've just thrown everything off because you didn't leave any space for that to happen and flexibility. There's no wheel room. Um, because you've over scheduled. It's like we've all had those days where we know if one thing goes wrong and it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. So you, you do know people are living like that every single day. Yeah. But we also like taking it back to um, weight loss, healthy living, being active, knowing that, okay, so you planned on working out for an hour and it and after 40 minutes your body was like no this is enough yeah you walk away and don't think well I like now I screwed up and like it was like I didn't do the hour or people say something and you're like oh yeah but I only did 40 minutes mm -hmm. but it's the same with with eating it's like not about being perfect it's about doing the best job that you can every day and some days look different some yeah. days, you know, you do a better job at it than others. But at the end of the day, if you did the best you could, isn't that, isn't that what you should expect from yourself? Mm-hmm.
Yeah, absolutely. You know? But Absolutely. Yeah. And if and you're I, and if you're operating like you said, if you're operating at, you know, a 9.5 out of 10 every single day, you know, even related to healthy living and weight loss and weight maintenance and all of those things, you know, if you are really stretched to your max as far as the activity you're doing and the, you know, food that you're preparing and the, you know, like if you really are, you know, whether, and whether that stretch to your max is your time is being stretched, your energy, your uh, interest, your mm -hmm. finances, like whatever it is, if everything is being stretched, you know, day to day, then it's that that in itself is is a recipe for disaster yeah because mm -hmm. things happen that are gonna push you over you know the edge all the time yeah so you know we need to expect a little less of ourselves sometimes yeah and that way you know we can be really pleased with and proud of the things that we accomplish rather than feeling ashamed about not meeting the unreasonable expectations that we've, that, that we've met for us or that we've set for ourselves right yes yeah or yeah yeah i can think about you know the one with ww with the with the blue dots and like the blue dot challenge and then everyone's on a streak for this many days and then one day something happens for someone and that just puts you in a spiral i mm -hmm. think part of it is with the whole you know shame machine or perfection yeah. or um things that present themselves under the guise of being helpful if you know your personality and yourself to know that that particular thing is not going to be helpful for you because you have a track record of things very similar or that have not been, then it's best to not engage in that if you know that there's a good chance that is going to spiral you. Yeah. The expectations that you set for yourself should be uh, Just structures. That, they should yeah. be structures that help you. They should be supportive and maybe motivational, but not harmful. Yeah. And you've just, you just said it. The expectations you set for yourself. Yourself. Yeah, they should be expectations that you have set and not yes. that anyone else has told you you need to set or that yeah. the greater society has told you that this is what it should be. This yeah. is what it should look like. It all comes down to you, right? Yeah. You have to know what's best for you and you have to ask for the help when you need it. Yes. And that is your PSA for the day. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you know, someone's always out to get us. That's that's the <laughs> that's the actual PSA. <laughs> yeah, the actual PSA. You gotta be on high alert all the time. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, God. Sandy, uh, always a good time chatting with you. You too, friend. You too. I'm gonna you. keep myself on high alert and move into the rest of my day. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sending good vibes. <laughs> Put up a net around you. <laughs> Have a, uh, a great rest of your day and we'll talk again next week. All right. Thanks. You too. <laughs> okay, bye.